0: Welcome to Wake Forest University Department of Counseling Podcast. I'm Dr. Bob Nations, your co-host, and with me today is Dr. Cheyenne Carter, co-hosting for her first time and for this series now in sessions that we are providing is for information about our department, and we highlight... Uh, some of the topics that our our professors are interested in, some research. But today we've got a very special guest. And um, But first of all, let me just say, Shine, I'm so glad that now to be working with you as co-host.
1: Thanks, Bob. It's great to be here. I've really enjoyed being a guest on the show before. Yes. And I'm looking forward to working with you as, like you said, that we continue to highlight the great work that's happening here in the Department of Counseling.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Wonderful. We have with us today... A very special person, a great friend of ours, and a valued professor here in our department, Allie Forty. Allie, it's a delight to have you with us.
2: Well, I am excited to be here. This is actually my first podcast, so this is extra special. So we've got uh, Dr. Carter with her first co-host, and I'm new on the podcast, so... I'm happy to be here. Welcome, Mm Ali.
1: We're so glad you're here. You know, Bob, one of the things that we do in the Department of Counseling, along with having a graduate program, is we are also involved at the undergraduate level. We have a minor in Health and Human Services, Mm -hmm. um, and then we have this really special special thing at Wake Forest called First-Year Seminar Courses, and um, Ali, I know that um, you were invited today um, to give us a glimpse into the work that you're doing there, but I wanted to kind of give our listeners an idea of these first-year seminars that are required for Mm -hmm. all of our students who come to Wake Forest. Um, It's an opportunity for them to practice their writing skills, um, to interact with professors they may not get to um, in their majors. Um, And the neat thing is that the professors get to choose their topic. So we have all kinds of different courses around um, Sherlock Holmes or bluegrass music. And these aren't necessarily taught by people who are in literature or who are in the music department, but just with professors who are getting to talk about what they're passionate about. And so, Allie, you know, we were really hoping that we could spend some time talking with you today about the first year seminar course that you have created, as I know that it is kind of an outpouring of who you are as a professional counselor.
2: Well, thank you, Cheyenne. Um, So my first year seminar is called Thrive, Creating a Life of Positive Wellbeing. And so the course is really drawn from my um, passion and interest in wellness. When I first entered the counseling profession, and was learning more about counseling, I knew immediately that my focus and the part I was most drawn to within counseling is wellness. And so um, Donna Henderson was our former chair. And when she sent out that email that we could create any course that we wanted to create, I knew I submitted within 24 hours a proposal because the deadline was tight. And um, (laughs) (laughs) that's just truth right there. (laughs) And, (laughs) And I thought, I'm doing this because how... I mean, really, you don't get the opportunity to create from scratch a course that really speaks to, you know, everything about it speaks to your passion. And so I've got a first year seminar that covers really the ins and outs of what does it take in life to not just be happy, but just have a high level of well-being. You know, we say that happiness is comes and goes. it's just a positive emotion, but well-being is the it's a state of how we go through our lives. And so, That's really what students learn over the course of 14 weeks. And we cover um, just various topics that pertain to that. And it's really fun.
1: I think something that stands out to me about that is... You know, many times when I'm talking to students who are interested in graduate programs, mm-hmm. they are exploring a variety of different mental health fields: psychology, marriage and family therapy, mm-hmm. social work, counseling. Mm-hmm. And one of the things we talk about as far as a professional identity as counselors is that our field is really based in this idea of wellness. And so um, you kind of described briefly about how you know it's it's different than this state of being in a given moment of happy, mm-hmm. unhappy, content, not content, but like well being. And so um, I guess I'm just kind of curious about you know as if there's more you can say around kind of how you understand wellness um and that being kind of part of the the counseling field
2: yeah yeah so um i think uh the way that i conceptualize wellness it's um well i use the um three different really theories and models i'll get real technical for okay. our <laughs> listeners yes. this is this okay. is Hashtag real academic life. (laughs) But I, and I'll tell you, the first one is um, the wheel of wellness. Um, uh, Jane Myers was one of my professors at UNCG. And so she introduced me to the wheel of wellness as a way of conceptualizing wellness. And, um, and I'll elaborate on that in just a second. But um, I used the wheel of wellness to create a um, psychoeducation group for cancer survivors um at a local hospital um in greensboro and so what i what really expanded my understanding of wellness was thinking about how can you have cancer or be um um you know potentially um your prognosis might even look poor and mm-hmm. um and how can you have a high state of wellness or a high state of well-being when you're living under the conditions Uh, Of cancer. And so that really opened my mind to thinking about wellness as much more than just what are you eating? Are you exercising? Um, Do you have social support? It really expanded beyond that. And so the Wheel of Wellness um, uh, focuses on spirituality at the core of the model that we all have to have some type of meaning or belong to something bigger than ourselves, something that transcends ourselves. And for some people, of course, that would be their religion, God, but for others, it might be that they're a part of an organization or a part of a um, some type of group. So it really just depends um, where they're going to draw meaning from. And so, um, but then this is the part that really helped me expand my mind is all the different life tasks that are associated with wellness in this model, cultural identity, gender identity, um, uh, sense of control over their life or or lack of control, um, positive emotions, how they manage stress. And then, of course, the more traditional, um, uh, what are they eating? Are they exercising? And then how does the their community or the world or um, what's going on even beyond our country, how does all of that um you know social policy how does all of that feed into who they are and so when you think about wellness from that perspective it really broadens the application of wellness and so um so that's that's kind of my take on wellness is that it's just much more um dynamic and um moves beyond just um the way that it gets used and operationalized as something that you're uh, exercising or eating well. You know, that's, it's beyond that.
0: That's always interesting to me, too, in, in, in the ways that, um, we get interested in that in um, going into the counseling field. I know we have the masters in counseling program for clinical mental health and also school counseling. And we have this we, we all teach in the in the masters on campus and online, but also we have opportunities to work with our undergrads through our minor, through first-year seminars that we're talking about today, and and we also do some academic advising. And one of the things that I find out that I really enjoy, and this is some anecdotal kind of feedback back is that when folks are talking about taking their first year seminars of my advisees and some of them come back and say i'm taking thrive and i know exactly where they are and they said i'm loving it so Allie, every you know, I don't know what your valuations look like, but the ones that I receive are are wonderful. They really appreciate that, and it it helps them to see the world in a new way. It's helping them to reorient themselves into into a focus mm-hmm. about who they are and just the things you're talking about. Just the little bit I have with my advisees, I find out that that's that's these first year seminars are really making a difference, and yours is certainly having an impact. Um, I'm curious how you you're talking about how you see it as a, a, a way that benefits us therapeutically and particularly in the area of counseling. Um, how did you first get into uh, this whole theme of wellness for yourself? I know you are, are mm-hmm. such a just the conversations we have. Have had, you've, you're such a well balanced person and trying to exercise and eat right and do all the, the good things that, that help enrich your life and help thrive and be part of who you are in your wholeness and wellness. So it's been nice to hear what you do and you're an inspiration to us all. Uh, one of the things that, that I was curious about though is how did you get into it? When did you realize that this was something that was not just. Um, Something that's going to be beneficial in balancing our life, but there really is some um, benefit to it that has been empirically seen, explored, researched. Uh, When did all Mm -hmm. of a sudden you find out that that research uh, really supported what you believed?
2: Uh, so I love that question. Um, and thank you for sharing. Yes, the absolutely. Feedback absolutely. About, I love oh, that as well. Um,
0: you got fans out there. <laughs> that,
2: well, I'm glad that they're leaving and saying good things. They are, they are. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so, well, I've just lifelong always been drawn okay. towards wellness. I come by that just honestly. It's just very natural. Um, it's, you know, we gravitate towards what interests us um, uh, and where we get positive feedback. And it always felt good to um, – Uh, participate in things that improved my wellness or to talk about wellness. Mm -hmm. I like to read about it. So just from a personal lens, it's been a lifelong thing for me. Um, And then – but once I started as a master's student Mm -hmm. and – uh, and I'm ashamed to admit this, um, but uh, I did not know before going into counseling that wellness really was a core component of what creates our professional identity. Mm-hmm. So I really did not realize that when Good you think discovery. about. Yeah. yeah,
0: yeah. And that, that's the thing mm-hmm. to, to think of potential students that may be listening to this is that. It opens up a new world for you in yeah. many ways, new awareness, and and and, um, and we're lifelong learners, as we say, but mm-hmm. along the way, we learn new things, and that's where it comes comes to you. So that's neat. That's, right. that's neat to know. Yeah, yeah. Yes.
2: that's right. So when I started learning that, I remember my professional orientation class, I remember learning that um, wellness was a key component to our professional identity, and I thought, oh, this is excellent. I'm so excited about this. And then I learned in our lifespan and development because it was taught by Jane Myers and she, um, put a real wellness spin on lifespan and development. I thought this is great. You know, I just got more of it. And then, um, and then really I started, that's when I really started reading more research that, um, supports the, the idea of wellness and, um, and, the the breakdown of the different components and and when I say breakdown too I'm I'm talking about things like optimism and gratitude and mindfulness and um what we're going to talk about on Tuesday in class economics and well being so mm-hmm. does money make us happy does money hurt mm-hmm. us to um is pro social spending um does that improve our well being or is it better to buy a cup of coffee for yourself instead of somebody else <laughs> so we're you know we're talking about that but um those kind of things, those were the um, you know when I had to write a paper in grad school, those were the topics I wanted to write about and learn about. And so um, so it just came so naturally then to expand on that in graduate school. And then when you if you give me the freedom to create any course that I can create, it's <laughs> going to have it's going to have something about positive relationships mm-hmm. um, and gratitude and mindfulness and spirituality and how that all relates to well-being.
1: Mm -hmm. First of all, I really want to take your class (laughs) I I mean, as as I'm hearing it. I'm thinking, gosh, I still think there's things within that 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 I that that I can learn and and grow in. And the thing that stands out to me as well is, you know, I think a lot of people who are interested in going into counseling programs and being a professional counselor envisions this work with people who are um, in crisis and who are really struggling, you know, high level of wounds. And there's certainly a part of that um, in what we do and really intervention. But as you're talking about this, I'm also thinking about prevention. Mm-hmm. And as professional yes. counselors, there's opportunities for us to find ways to connect to the community and to offer things Um you know, to individuals to try to help the prevention of the onset of Mm -hmm. distress and and, um, and mental health challenges. And so Mm -hmm. I'm just thinking about, you know, for students who are signing up for your course, I mean, they do get to choose to a certain degree. I know they rank the um, first year seminars they'd like to take. And so, um, you know, some students don't end up with the class that they want, but obviously Mm -hmm. most of yours probably have put that somewhere on their ranking. Um, But then what a neat opportunity for them to get so much of that knowledge, um, especially that developmental stage that they're in, to really help mm-hmm. prevent um, the onset of more struggles because they have a better sense at that age how to really, you know, mm-hmm. work with both the relationships and the mental, you know, their mental um, focus and things like that. Um, so I really think that's an an important piece of even thinking within the counseling profession the opportunities to prevention to design prevention programs.
2: Well, um, absolutely. This ties right in. And and just in case anyone does not fully realize, prevention is also one of the the core pieces of our professional identity mm-hmm. as counselors. So wellness is and prevention is and a strength based perspective. Mm-hmm. And this course hits all three of those pieces, um, because that's the part that resonates with me. So I learned pretty um early, uh, in my graduate school that the, um, I did a internship at, um, uh, inpatient residential treatment program. And so everyone there was at some level, um, came from high crisis situations and had a lot of trauma and abuse in their background. And, um, uh, and that was a great learning experience for me. And it also taught me though, that that's not where my strength lies. I think Mm -hmm. where my strength lies is, is, is what you're talking about. It's the um, the more prevention standpoint or wellness standpoint. And that's why I drifted, um, I think, um, more uh, closer to a college counseling population and a medical population. That's where my clinical interests lie. Um, but, you know, to your point about um, reaching students at a developmental stage um, and preventing future stress or future... Um, uh, difficult times. I even just today was talking with one of the students in my class because we started talking about economics and well-being. La- uh, what is today? Thursday. On t- today's Friday. Thursday, <laughs> and <laughs> so a day ago, and we're gonna finish it next week. And he wants to go into. So here he is. You know, he's a freshman. He's interested in invest uh, investment banking. And because of the class, he's starting to think, huh, I, you know, it's. I might want to just think about is this going to be a good fit for um, the lifestyle and the values I want to live in life? And so um, my first year seminar, because it's housed in the Department of Counseling, we are going to do some personal work. And so there's a lot of reflection and personal growth that occurs in this course. So in addition to that academic um, Uh, literature and discussion and critique, Um, but it's sometimes we circle up and we do the reflections (laughs) and we talk and (laughs) we do this group style. And so, um, so it's fun to watch. um, Most, most of the students are 18 in this class and it's really fun to watch them come into uh, or begin college thinking that um, they, they're one way and then just watching them grow into the person they're going to grow into. And so this student really, um, watching him wrestle with, huh, what does money mean to me? How is this going to impact my happiness? How much is enough? And um, what career choices do I want to make or think about related to this? And I and the way I kind of think about that from a prevention lens is, you know, um, when we live in accordance to our values and what's important to us and what brings meaning to our life, I think that is... Um, central piece uh and uh, for a lot of us um we find meaning through our work or through our families or um but sometimes we take a wrong turn and and things don't align well mm-hmm. so um and that causes lots of distress and then you end up in counseling and so um but getting some clarity around what it is that you value um and for this topic especially around money and what you want out of life um it's fun to watch them wrestle with that at this age
0: oh. Can only imagine. Yeah, it mm. is. I enjoy working with our undergrads. Um, one of the things I was, I'm thinking about, too, and I know our time is starting to run down. So just wanted to check in with you. Uh, what kind of suggestions would you give to um, those that may be listening in, such as potential students or current students or some professors about how to incorporate mindfulness, I think, of the students in the way of for their own life, but also mm-hmm. with professors that might be listening Uh about uh, how would you, what would you offer to for, to encourage them to, for uh, wellness to be included in the course?
2: I love this. Thank you for asking oh, that. Yeah. That is so good because uh, one of my, the big tips, this is my take home tip is to, when it, when you think about incorporating mindfulness into your life, because mindfulness in a, um, uh, in you know, in my opinion, and there's a lot of research out there to support that. Um, really, is one of the core foundations for wellness. It's mm-hmm. really hard to. Um, to have high levels of well-being if you're not awake and present to what it is you're experiencing in life. And so, um, but I think one way to incorporate it into life, because more, uh, I think people resist it in some ways because it sounds daunting. I've got to sit on a pillow and meditate for 20 minutes or 30 minutes and they give up because it's, it's Mm -hmm. overwhelming and daunting and who has that time and so, um, I tell my students, and this was how I got into it with my own practice. It starts really small, just like you would if you were going to run a five k. You're gonna, you're, you're not going to run three miles on your first day. You're going to inch into it, and you might run walk a little bit. And I think mindfulness is like that as well. It's simply. Um, uh, taking moments and i in moments really we're talking 30 seconds to really check in with your breath and where are you how's your breathing are you breathing from your chest or your throat or your diaphragm It's, um, you're in the grocery store line and it's really long and it's just becoming aware of, of what's happening for you in that moment. It's, um, pulling into, I do this every single day before I come to work. I pull my car into the parking lot. I sit there for a moment and this is like 15 seconds and I just become aware of my breath and I just stay in that moment for very little, um, because uh, I'm usually 10 minutes behind where I'm going. So so there so I think um so my tip would be reconceptualize what it means to start say a mindfulness practice. Reconceptualize it to fit in your life in a way that is sustainable. So um rather than go big or go home. I'm a big fan of go big or go home if you're ordering pizza or something, but not <laughs> oh, not boy. when you're starting out for mindfulness. Oh, no. <laughs> so <laughs> Yeah, start small. Start really small because then you get to notice how good it feels and you you can um, – you'll find other ways to integrate that if you can kind of conceptualize that as small. So that would be my biggest tip is um, start small.
1: Excellent. Yeah. I have just a, kind of a, a two-second follow-up question because I'm also curious if you have a book or a particular website or anything that you think that uh, one of our listeners might – Um, Be interested in?
2: Yes, I do. Okay. And so um, please do not um, give any negative feedback for how outdated this book may be. Although (laughs) they do actually, it's.
0: Sometimes they're the best. Sometimes they're the best. They last. We.
2: Well, we tell years. our students, you've got to use references that were within the last 10 years, mm-hmm. um, but sometimes there are just these you know, signature books that just last, and I think Full Catastrophe Living is a signature book, and um, uh, John Cabot zinn is the author, and the reason I like this book so much is because he gives so many clinical examples of um, people who might resist mindfulness and um uh sometimes it's the people who resist mindfulness the most and and i and i say the word resistance um not to mean a negative in the world of counseling resistance is a way of communicating so it's not necessarily that it's bad so i want to clarify that so that that but um but some people might it might be harder to lean into the idea of mindfulness and he gives really great clinical examples of reasons to lean into it a little bit, and then how to lean into it. So it's got a lot of um, he can capture some buy-in for the topic. Um, there's he supports uh, mindfulness with research. He's one of the um, first people um, to really bring mindfulness to the mainstream, and um, and teaches you how to do it. So uh, full catastrophe living. And then for anybody who's got um, a lot of books on their nightstand and wants one more, uh, 10% Happier is the story of – I might have the author wrong on this. Um, It's the news correspondent who had the on-air panic attack. I want to say it's Dan Harris. Does that sound familiar? Or am I wrong on that one? No,
0: I think you're right. I I can't remember specifically, but I remember the – Incident.
2: Okay. Okay. Yeah. So I, I might have it. the author wrong, but the book is called 10% Happier. Yes. And um, that's it's his story after having an on-air panic attack. I mean, for a major news network, you can imagine how upsetting um, that mm-hmm. was on multiple levels, you know, personal, career, the works. And so he wrote his story of how he recovered from that and ultimately mindfulness was his answer. And he was a critic the, the entire time. And so, and he did a lot of research and uh, personal exploration. And so I'm drawn towards anything that, that tells you why not to do it or there's resistance to it. And then, um and then you land in a more mindful place. So I think those two books are very relatable to, um, uh, Probably most listeners, and they also um, can help you. And there's there are resources in both of those books, and the how tos, and um, especially full catastrophe living.
0: It's mm, excellent, mm-hmm. excellent resources, and. Um, we're so glad you're with us today, Allie, and for all that you bring to this department and any students that are listening in, they can see what kind of uh, topics and and what kind of personality and what our professors offer as well, and they would certainly benefit from being in class with you and having you as a professor as always. So that's, I'm, I'm just very grateful for what what you have brought to us today and helped expand our understanding of, of wellness. Um is there anything else that you wanted to add to what we've talked about already That's you'd like to share?
2: Well, so now that you've warmed me up, I could just ah! talk for the next hour. You know, I was nervous to talk for 20 minutes, but no, I'll that's say my... no because I'll just keep going and going. Okay. So, but thank you. I'm really, this was really fun to talk with both of you. And um, uh, and as always, I'm excited to talk about wellness. And so thank you for, for giving me the opportunity to do that.
0: Okay. All right. Well, the only thing I can think of is just to tell everybody, be well. <laughs> <laughs>